0: heavenly father lord we thank you for that thank you for your love your mercy and your grace lord i thank you for the opportunity to come in to worship you lord we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening speak to our hearts as only you can in jesus name amen all right well i do appreciate you being here uh, tonight and uh, we're going to sing page number 262 there's power in the blood power in the blood We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. all amen all right i do appreciate you again being here this evening even though uh brother greg was saying you know um uh, you're doing right when satan's attacking you he says that's uh he says the baptistry overflowing i said i'd like to blame it on satan but it was really just my fault and uh but that we got uh, got here a little early to make sure that the baptistry was ready for this coming sunday praise the lord we have one getting baptized sunday and uh So we're rejoicing with that, but uh, come in to fill up the the baptistry, and um, I forgot about it, just to be honest with you, I forgot about it. Usually I set a timer, and I just plain forgot about it, but Brother Adam comes up here, and he's like, uh, he sends Miss Evelyn to come get me, and so uh, things happen, Uh, but anyway, so uh, we can praise the Lord in it, right, Miss Suzanne? Praise the Lord, there's there's a reason for it, so uh, I don't know, maybe teach me a lesson, but anyways... I do appreciate you being here tonight. We're going to continue in the book of Genesis tonight, continue our study where we're going to finish up chapter one and, uh, uh, tonight. And uh, then next week, Lord willing, we'll get into chapter two. And uh, last week, we talked about when, how so we need to understand some things. Number one, that He is perpetual, that God has always been. He's always was, always is, and always will be. He's eternal. And then we need to understand that God is plural. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a holy trinity there. And then we said we need to understand that God has a plan. God had a plan before the foundations of the earth. It didn't uh, surprise God when Adam and Eve took of the tree. It didn't. That wasn't plan B. Uh, God had a plan from the beginning that Jesus Christ was going to come and redeem man from their sin... And then we need to understand that God, he punished, he punishes, and uh, Lucifer uh, trying to exalt himself, and higher than, uh, high as God, and he uh, was brought down, uh, and eventually will be brought down to the lowest hell. Then we understand that God is powerful. This is kind of where we're continuing our study tonight, is God is powerful. Day one, we talked last week, day one, God commanded the light to shine, and And then he separated the light from the darkness. We talked about how God is that light. And then when we get to heaven, he's that perpetual light. There will be no need for the S-U-N because the S-O-N is there. And so we're thankful for that. And then day two, God divided the waters from the waters, which divide the sky from the heavens and the sky. And um, so we saw that. And in day three, God gathers the waters together and uh, formed the oceans and the seas. And, and then he caused the dry land to be the dry land. And uh, that was day three. Then after day three, God begins to fill things in to those spaces, the sky and the, uh, and, uh, the dry land and the, and the oceans. And uh, so that's what we're going to be at today. We're going to look at day four, five, and six and uh, look at those for uh, just a few moments tonight. So in Genesis chapter number 1, verse 14 is where we begin. The Bible says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you uh, for allowing us to be here, allowing us to hear from your word, and uh, Lord, just to... Uh, we're just so thankful that you preserved uh, your word and that we can study it and just learn from it. Lord, I pray tonight as we open up your word that you would illuminate our minds and that you would give us clarity and understanding. And Lord, that you would give us exactly what we need to hear tonight to help us to serve you better. Lord, I do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the sky, God made the, the sun, the moon, and the stars... To divide the day and the night, to provide for signs and to mark off days, years, and seasons. That's what day four was. And one, uh, the one to rule the day was uh, what we are known as, as the sun. And then we find that uh, the night was called the moon, the light at night was called the moon. And because of Israel religious observations or their observances, the the Jews needed to know the difference between the times and the seasons and those types of things, when the Sabbath would uh, would arrive and and when it ended. And because they wanted to um, obey God's commandments, and you will find out later on and uh, how God set up all these things. But when it was a new month and when it was time to celebrate the annual feasts and. Uh, different things such as that. That's why Lord put the stars in the skies and those type of things. Um, before the invention of clocks and before the invention of compasses and and uh, the calendar, the uh, the God used the sun, the moon, and the stars to for people to be able to tell the signs and when uh, day was and what day it was and just different things such as that. The activities of human life are closely linked to nature's cycle. and Navigators depended on, the, uh, depended on the stars to direct them. God even used uh, the stars to uh, talk to his people in a way, occasionally used the signs to speak to his people of Israel. Israel was uh, commanded not to imitate the pagan neighbors by worshiping the sun, moon, and the stars, but uh, they fell into this time and time again. And uh, they were to worship the one true living God. And that's uh, the Jehovah God. One who created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Why would, we cre- why would we worship something that he created? Why not worship the creator himself? However, the Jews didn't obey God's command. And they suffered greatly because of their disobedience. And because of their sin. The people were fascinated by uh, the moon and the stars, the sun, and, and the movement of the sun and the planets. And, and, but it was a short step from admiration to worship. And that's what happens in our lives. We start admiring something, and then it, it's a small step, just a, uh, a small step from admiring something to where we begin to worship it. And we begin to s- set that before uh, God himself, Notice also that it was God that divided the light from the darkness. You know, he still does that today. There are some that ask, what is the difference between right and wrong? How can I know the difference between right and wrong? God is the one that draws the line in the sand. God is the one that says this is right, this is wrong. And how can we know what is right? Well, God says what's right. God has a set of principles in the Word of God. God also has given us the Holy Spirit to uh, share with us, show us what uh, isn't right and what is wrong. As God has divided the light from the darkness, now I believe this with, a, with 100%, as, God, as much as God divided the light from the darkness, you know when it's light out, right? We know when it's dark, It should be that clear in our hearts what is right and what is wrong. There shouldn't be gray areas. If God's against it, then we should be against it. Uh, There there isn't this hug in the line, well, I don't know, it could be right, it could be wrong. No, God defines it in the Word. If it doesn't please God, it's wrong. God's the one that sets those perimeters. It's not me, it's not pastor, it's not you that sets them, it's God that sets them. And that's where we find ourselves in trouble so many times because we say, well, it may be wrong for them, but it's not wrong for me. Well, listen, God is the one that defines those terms. There are some that ask, what's the difference between right and wrong? Well, God says what the difference is. As God has divided light from the darkness, there is that much difference between right and wrong. You see, he's the one that says what is right and wrong, and he still does that today. On day 5, we'll notice, look there in verse 20. It says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that may fly uh, upon the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales in every living creature that moveth, with which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the water the waters in the seas, and let the fowls multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. God had already created the skies, He's created the waters, and now He's filling them abundantly with living creatures. The birds to fly in the sky and the fish to Uh, and the aquatic animals, if you will, to swim in the sea, in the ocean. The Bible says in Psalm 104, 25, notice this, it says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made all things, or them all. And the earth is full of thy riches, so is this great and wide sea. Wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts." God created them all. There's a certain amount of development here, though. I want you to understand this. This does not mean that everything came from one cell or an amoeba or whatever, uh, but that God made one of each kind, one of each sort. And uh, the key word here is after his kind, after their kind. You notice that there, in uh, Genesis 1.22, I believe it is. See, a catfish is not a cross between a cat and a fish. Okay? It's, it's impossible for cats and fish to mate. All right? I think we're, we all understand that. And, uh, and you can't cross a cat with a dog and it become a cog or a dat. Okay? That's not the way it works. Now, within the species, that within that dogs, that you can mate different dogs. They're of the same kind. That's why you come up with these snickerdoodles and you know all these different types of dogs and and uh, you know because they're mating different different ones. I heard someone say uh, Faith was telling me the other day. She said she wanted a palm a palm husky or something. It's a pomeranian and a husky. Now how in the world could those two mate? I have no idea. I really don't. But it is a pretty cute dog, but that's a dog. that's what it is. It's just like cats. They can uh, horses, they can, after their own kind. Now you can't come up with an animal and a human, and it became an animal human. It is impossible. You see, and that, that's where evolutionists really have their, are, are mistaken is because they think that we come from amoeba that turned into a, from a tadpole that turned into a, a walking person to a gorilla and all these different things. I don't know the, the whole list of uh, criteria they, they have. Uh, they said they're still looking for the missing link. You know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is after his kind. A new element I want you to notice is adding here on day five. God not only called his work good, now he blessed the creatures that he had made. This is the first time the word blessed is used in the Bible. God's blessings enable the creatures to reproduce after their own kind abundantly and enjoy all the things that he has made for them. God would also bless the first man and woman later on, and then the Sabbath day, and he would bless Noah and his family. After creation, perhaps the most important occasion for God's blessing was whenever he gave his gracious covenant to Abraham and his descendants there in Genesis 12. It says this, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, And from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. See, this is what is called the Edemic Covenant, the Abraham Covenant there. That blessing is still reaching down to believers today. We're still uh, affected by this covenant that God had. Then I want you to notice on day 6. What's God do on day 6? Look there in verse 24. It says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. Again, after his kind. Cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth After his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and, uh, and to every beast of the, of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. Now, I, I was reading this, and I was reading different commentaries, and this was saying, I, I don't know if I like it or not, but Brother Greg, they were saying that we were originally vegetarians. I, I, I don't know. That's what they're saying here. And a lot of the com- I, don't, I don't like that. I like meat. Uh, But they're talking about, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to go back to that state. And I guess he'll give me a taste for my vegetables. And I've always liked my vegetables, but I've always liked that juicy steak, too. Uh, But anyways, uh, that's what they were saying there. And we'll we'll probably find out a little bit more about that when we get to heaven. It says, I've given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God separated the plant life, the animal life, and the human life. And God had formed the sky and formed, filled it with the sun, the moon, and the stars, the heavens. And the fowls of the air with the birds and the different creatures that fly. And then he had formed the seas and filled the waters with various fish. Now creation reaches its climax here when on the sixth day he filled the land with animals and then created the first man who, with his wife, would have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. The Bible says in Genesis 2-7, it says, In the Lord God formed man of the dust of the the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Humans and animals are different, folks. We need to understand that. I know there's probably someone in here that has a beloved pet. And they treat them like their family. I don't have a problem with that. But they're not humans. They're not humans. I had a dog. I loved my dog. He was one of the family. But he was not a human. And we need to understand that as much as we love our pets and as much as, as intelligent as some of them are, I could tell my dog to come here and he was so smart he wouldn't come. I, I mean, he was, he was an intelligent dog. Now, I've got a cat. If you tell it to come here, it'll come here. I think it's that stupid that it wants to listen to me because he knows what I do, I do to him. But animals are not endowed with this image of God as humans are. God created him, humans in His image after their image. The creation of the first man is seen as a very special occasion. Look there in verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Some skeptics out there say that God was uh, talking to his angels when he said, let us make man after our likeness. However, the angels weren't created in the likeness of God. So he couldn't have been talking to the angels. He was talking to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were communing together. They were talking, let us... That was a triune God, again picturing the Trinity there. You see, the the angels had nothing to do with the creation of Adam. This again shows the Godhead. Genesis 2, 7 says, And and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That verb formed there, I looked that up, and it suggests... Suggest a potter and uh, making a work of art with his skillful hands. That's exactly what God did when he created Adam. That's what he done when he created us. You see, the human body is indeed a work of art and amazingly complex. Uh, of course, uh, Dr. Adam could tell you uh, and probably describe to you all the different uh, things about it. I, couldn't, I cannot. I'm not... Uh, wise in that aspect, but uh, the wisdom of God and the power of God is the only one that could create such a complex complex body. The physical matter for Adam's body was from the the ground. Can you imagine that? God took and he breathed into the... And and the word Adam, what it means is uh, it comes from taken out of the ground. That's what Adam means. Uh, but the life Adam possessed came from God. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There are several aspects, and this will be in conclusion of the message tonight, but there are several aspects or important facts that we must be noted on the origin of humans. Number one, I want you to notice the who. Who created man? Did we come from an amoeba or did we come from a sail or did we come from a Big Bang? No. The Bible is very clear. God created us. In Colossians 1.16 it says this. For by Him, who's Him? By God were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, that are visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. See, we are not the products of some galactic accident, nor are we the occupants of the top rung of the evolutionary ladder. God made us, which means we are His creation, and we are holy Dependent upon Him. We need to understand that. We need Him. The songwriter said this, I need Thee every hour. I need Thee. Folks, I believe we need Him every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every month and every year. We need God. The Bible says in Acts 17, 28, For in Him we live. For in Him we live. We live and move and have our being. We need Him. Secondly, I want you to notice to what extent, to what extent, we were created in God's image. Unlike the angels and animals and humans can have a very special relationship with God. Humans are the only ones that have that. Animal kingdom doesn't have that. The plant kingdom doesn't have that special bond. You see, he's not only given us personalities, minds to think with, emotions to feel with, wills to make decisions, but he also gave us an inner spirit, nature that enables us to know him and to worship him. The Bible says this in John 4, 23, but the hour cometh... And now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Unfortunately, the image of God, or the image of man and woman, have been marred by sin. Because we've sinned, uh, it's marred that image Bible says in Ephesians 4.18, having the understanding darkened and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have uh, given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But through faith in Christ... And submission to the work of the Holy Spirit. Believers can have that divine nature renewed within them. They can have that restored within them. One day, one day when we see Jesus. Think about this. All of God's children will share in that glorious image once again. Be like Him. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. I'm looking forward to that day. Folks, well, there won't be need for glasses. There won't be need for uh, wheelchairs. And, and uh, there won't even be need for doctors. Because we have the great physician. You see, then I want you to know thirdly, notice the what. We were created to have dominion over The earth, Adam and Eve were the first humans uh, to have dominion over God's creation. There, in Psalm eight six, it says, "Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet." Psalms one fifteen sixteen says, "The heavens, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath He given to the children of men." However, Adam believed Satan's lie and ate of the forbidden fruit. Now some people want to say it as an apple. I, the Bible doesn't say what it was. It was just a forbidden fruit. Um, but, and then once he ate of that forbidden fruit, he lost that fellowship that he had. And now sin and death is reigning over the earth. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, we had the first Adam being Adam and Eve, and then we have the second Adam, the last Adam, came to the earth. He exercised dominion that the first Adam had, had lost. He demonstrated that as he had authority over the fish of the seas and over the, the fowl of the air and over uh, the animals, and uh, he made the waters uh, to be calm, and he exercised that dominion that... Uh, the first Adam and one, Adam once had. When Jesus died on the cross, He conquered sin and death, so that n- now grace reigns. Romans five twenty one says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto life, eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. See, when Christ returns, He's going to restore that dominion back. He's going to restore back that the first Adam lost because of the second Adam. There in Isaiah eleven six 6, it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the far uh, fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. What a beautiful picture here. And the cow and the bear shall feed their Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. So we're to have dominion. God's gonna restore that dominion back to us. But then notice fourthly, notice why. Why did the Lord create us? Well, He 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 created us to praise and worship and obey Him. That's why He created us. The Lord created us for His pleasure. When God surveyed his creation, he saw, notice there on day 6, what did he say? It was very good. Contrary to what some religions and philosophies teach, creation is not evil. And it isn't sin to enjoy the gifts God has given to us. It isn't sin for us to enjoy uh, this, the, the things, now not to be worldly, but the things that God has given to us. 1 Timothy six seventeen says this, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. But notice this, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. When David surveyed God's wonderful creation, he asked this, he said, What is man that thou is mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? God, you've been so good to us. Look what you've created for us to have. You've been good. The earth is but a tiny planet orbiting in a vast galaxy. And yet the earth is the Lord's. It's the one planet that God created that, chose, that he chose to visit and to redeem. The heavenly creatures before God's throne praise him for his creation. So should we. That's why God created us. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power and praise, for Thou hast created all things for Thy pleasure. They are and were created. As we bow at meals to thank Him for the food that He provides, and when we see the sunshine that, uh, and the rain that He provides for us at no expense to us, although some of us wish it stop raining, God has blessed us with that and as we watch progress of the seasons we should lift up our hearts and praise the creator not the creation but the creator that created all these things Then I want you to notice the final thing notice the how we're to be good stewards of God's creation God created these things. Now we're to be good stewards of it. There in Luke 16, verse 2, it says, And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me that, uh, the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. God has entrusted each of us. With his creation. God has entrusted us with things to be used for his glory. God has entrusted us to be good stewards of the things that the Bible says this in Ephesians six, six, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. It means appreciating the gifts, the things that God has entrusted to us, the creation, and not wasting or exploiting them. We cannot honor, now this is, we cannot honor the God of creation if we dishonor his creation. We must accept creation as a gift, guard it as a precious treasure, and invest it for the glory of God. God has given us so much good. And we're to give that back to the Lord and honor him with it. Let us remember to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We went through the first chapter of Genesis. Just In Genesis chapter 1, it gives us a, uh, a scope of what the Lord has done. And then Genesis chapter Chapter 2 is going to be put under a microscope. God's going to give us further details. I hope that you can take some of this and apply it to your lives, but also just learn and get you hungry for God's Word. As we're in a time of invitation, I just want to encourage you, encourage you, however the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, that you just be obedient. Just be obedient. Maybe you haven't been faithful to... Uh, Give him praise. I don't know how he spoke to you. Just be obedient to how he spoke to you tonight. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for how you have showed us all things in your word. Lord, we ask that you would just continue to uh, share with us from your word some things that we need to know. And Lord, Lord, that we can learn to be better servants and stewards for you. Lord, thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. encourage you to find a place at the altar if God spoke to your heart about something tonight. Well, the thing about the Holy Spirit, He can deal with us about the message or something that happened during the day. I just want to encourage you to be obedient. To prayer, I'm going to ask you to pray for Miss Kimberly McGinnis. She uh, texted me right before service; said she wasn't feeling well. She woke up with a fever this morning, so uh, would ask that you remember Miss Kimberly in your prayers. Also, her mom is having a procedure on this Monday, this coming Monday. Um, I know her by Gigi. I don't know her actual name, I don't think. Um, so you remember Miss Kimberly's mom, and uh, she's having this procedure. All right, she also asks that you'd pray for Kenny Johnson. Continue to pray for Kenny. His most pertinent need is he needs to be saved. So Kenny Johnson, salvation, but also a lot of health issues. Kenny Johnson. All right, someone else have a prayer request tonight? Ask that you would pray for uh, those that are going to be getting baptized this coming Sunday. Pray for our church services. Pray for our upcoming uh, revival and couples retreat, as well as our upcoming Sunday service. Pray the Lord would have his way in our services. All right, if there's nothing else, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for the privilege that we have to lift our petitions to you, Lord, knowing that you hear us uh, if we ask according to your will. And Lord, we're asking tonight that you would be with Miss Kimberly as she's not been feeling well, woke up with a fever this morning. Lord, I ask that you would just touch her body. Lord, I know her desire is to be here, but uh, uh, she doesn't want to be here and get anybody sick. Lord, I do ask that you be with her mother as well she's having a procedure on Monday. Lord, I pray that you be with the doctors, give them wisdom, guide their hands in the procedure. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, take care of the needs there. Lord, also for Kenny Johnson, Lord, I pray that you would save him before it's eternally too late. And, Lord, that, uh, uh, Lord, that uh, his, his health, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, work in a great way, way there as well. Pray for our upcoming revivals. Brother Bobby will be coming in soon. And, Lord, I pray that you would even prepare our hearts for that and prepare Brother Bobby to give him the messages that uh, we need to hear to, uh, to better serve you. And, Lord, I pray that you would be with our upcoming couples retreat. And, uh, Lord, for this coming Sunday as we have a baptismal service, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with those that are getting baptized. We're We're thankful for the one that got saved this last week. And, Lord, we just pray that you would continue to work in his heart. And, Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you so much for being here this evening. If you have an offering, you can just uh, put it in the offering plate. I do want to give you just a couple of reminder uh, notes here. Don't forget this coming Saturday is our prayer breakfast, and that's at 9 o'clock. Afterwards, we're, if the weather holds up, we're planning on going out and uh, uh, visiting some folks, going door knocking. So if, if the weather holds up and not cold and rainy... Uh, Then we plan to be out uh, knocking some doors this coming Saturday for uh, maybe an hour or so. And then I want to remind you, April 27th, 28th is our couples retreat. And then our upcoming revival, spring revival with uh, Dr. Bobby Sanders. And that is April the 29th through May the 2nd. And then May 5th is our prayer breakfast, soul winning afterwards as well. And then May 7th, if you haven't signed up, ladies, for our uh, ladies' banquet, 6.30, Monday, May 7th, um, we have an, uh, our ladies' banquet, and the theme is under construction, and I know that uh, that will be a blessing. So, ladies, please sign up for that. I know that you'll enjoy that. All right, I think that's all the announcements I have. We'll all stand and close the word of prayer. Thank you again for being here uh, this evening. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother Ed, sir, will you close us in a word?